You're listening to the CFMEU Mining and Energy Podcast. Yes, welcome to our September 2020 episode. I'm Tim Brunero. Well, since our last show, the CFMEU has launched a major campaign to protect our big legal wins for casual miners. Uh, You might have seen the ads on TV. Thanks to a big union win in federal court, if you're a casual mine worker on a long-term regular roster, you've now got permanent benefits, like paid leave. But now employers are pressuring the Morrison government to strip away these benefits, leaving you exposed. With no job but you security. won't have seen them on social media because Facebook decided our nude minor was adult content. Can you believe that? So far, thousands of permanent and casual coal miners have gone to our website, protectcasualminers.com.au, to tell their MP to end the permanent casual rort and back up the federal court decisions giving rights to casual miners. It's important because employers are pushing the federal government hard to overturn the federal court work pack decisions and the government is currently deciding how it will proceed. So we need more voices from coal miners and community members to make sure they understand what's at stake. Let's hear from some coal miners about what the campaign means to them. I've actually worked as a casual and uh, it was pretty ordinary. Um, Being a casual means you have to come in every day regardless of how you feel, what your mental condition is, whether you're sick or not, it's, it's pretty da- darn unpleasant. Yeah, I've lived in this township for over 30 years and I've seen a proud mining town basically brought to its knees by casualisation. Uh, people that would be joining into the community are unable to for various reasons, mainly lack of sickness uh, and annual leave. Uh, it's, it's really brought my, the mining town that I love to its knees. I've been in the industry about uh, 14, 14 and a half years. Uh, I started off with a, a large contracting company. Uh, that job finished up and uh, I'm now with a large labour hire company. Been with them about five and a half years. Well, uh, no sick days, no holidays. Um, that's, the, that's the biggest bugbear. Uh, not being able to plan family events, uh, missing out seeing the grandkids, um, th- th- those sorts of things. Um, it just impacts on every, everything in uh, life at home. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like all uh, casual mine, coal mine workers, in fact, all coal mine workers and, and, and their wives and partners to contact the uh, local politicians and just let them know that the impact that uh, this casualisation on the industry is having. Coal miners talking about the challenges they're facing. If you want to tell your MP how you feel about the permanent casual rort, head to protectcasualminers.com.au. You're listening to the CFMEU Mining and Energy Podcast. Later, you'll head to the red dirt of the northwest of Western Australia to live a day in the life of union organiser Yola Backer. Come on, girls, get moving. I really need you guys to get off to school early this morning. Yep, we're going now. And, Mummy, what mine site are you going to? Uh, I'm going out to Newman today, darlings. Is that Rio Tinto or BHP? Uh, it's BHP. And what's the site called? Uh, Whaleback. Mummy, where are my shoes? Yeah, I'm coming. Hello. Bye. But first, let's head to Queensland where BHP's in-house labour hire company Operation Services is pulling more dirty tricks. Yes, instead of offering maintenance workers in its workshop in Mackay an apprenticeship so they end up with a trade as a diesel fitter or an auto electrician, Operation Services are getting them to do only certain tasks. Equipment could come from any BHP across the Bowen Basin, so Blackwater, Siraji, Peak Downs, Cavill Ridge... Uh, just to name a few, they might have equipment come in or pieces of equipment come in from Goonyala Riverside just to be 
removed, refitted and sent back. One of the examples is that I might be in this Paget workshop and my job is component changeout. So one of the trucks needs repairs, a front strut for example is one component, my job is to simply take that component off and put a new component on. There's no fault finding, no diagnosing, no repair, it's just simply rip one off, put a new one on, that's it. Mitch Hughes, Queensland District Senior Vice President. He says these apprentices are shocked to learn they aren't working towards a trade qualification. Yeah, so a lot of them were really confused at the start. We've obviously cleared that up for them and and they realise now that they may have been shortchanged. BHP obviously didn't clearly tell them that they weren't going to come out of this with a trade qualification. A lot of them were confused and a lot of them went into this arrangement with BHP thinking that's exactly what they were going going to get, a trade qualification in the relevant trade. Some of these maintenance workers are teenagers straight out of school. Others have come from retail, hospitality, hairdressers who are looking for a change. There are motor mechanics trying to upgrade their current skills to try and be relevant for the mining industry. They've come from a range of different backgrounds. And these young, vulnerable workers are upset they won't be getting a proper trade qualification so they can work in other industries or in other mines run by different mining companies. When you first explain, they're obviously a bit confused and then that confusion, I suppose, turns into realisation that, you know, what we're saying is correct because you, you show them through the paperwork and everything, then they're disappointed. Clearly BHP didn't explain to them clearly what was coming out of this and then it turns into anger and they want to know what can be done about it. It's not just the maintenance staff who are concerned. Mitch Hughes is concerned about the industry as a whole. BHP are potentially de-skilling a future generation of workers. When you compare what a normal apprenticeship and trade qualification requires, uh, we see here BHP undercutting and undermining all that approach to give these workers you know, a certificate, which is only part of the skill required for a complete trade. And it's not just a problem for the industry, but for the workers' own career progression. Essentially, there is no career progression. Every other company is still with the traditional system that we have in place in Australia in regards to trades, which requires an apprenticeship and everything like that. This approach by BHP locks them into BHP and nowhere else. And Mitch says, sadly, operation services might be dudding its workers and the industry as a whole, not just to save money, but also to increase their control of their workers. I think it is a money thing, but it's also a control thing with BHP. It's not the first time BHP have tried to control their workforce. No other company has implemented a system like this. So with these skills, these people are locked into BHP OS arrangements forever and a day. Mitch Hughes, Queensland District Senior Vice President. Well, Yola Backer is an organiser in the Pilbara in the northwest of WA with the Western Mine Workers Alliance, a collaboration between the CFMEU and the AWU. She represents a lot of workers and covers a lot of ground. We thought it might be fun to follow her round with a mic so you can hear a day in her life. Come on, girls, get moving. I really need you guys to get off to school early this morning. Yep, we're going now. And, Mummy, what mine site are you going to? Uh, I'm going out to Newman today, darlings. Is that Rio Tinto or BHP? Uh, it's BHP. And what's the site called? Uh, Whaleback. Mummy, where are my shoes? Yeah, I'm coming. Hello. Okay, fueled up, COVID clearance check, right of entry check, escort contact check, steel caps, safety glasses, laptop, 280 k's, let's do this. 
just love how this superintendent has been so incredibly difficult today compared to the superintendent I was dealing with yesterday. They really are all along a different spectrum in terms of how cooperative they are about our presence on site. I've just come out of a meeting with the mine manager for Marindu. Let's see if what he says checks out with staff on a ground level as we head into the crib room. Yeah, you know that moment when a potential member says, oh, I didn't even know that there was a union on site. But then in the next breath says, oh, you guys have actually achieved some really great outcomes on site. Thanks. Hey, Andy, what's going on? Did you get this um, member ring through really late last night? Yeah, I did have a missed call um, from a fellow named Pete. He's a member, isn't he? Um, well, I've called him this morning, um, but he he was a bit cheeky because he, he joined up um, just as he had an issue at work. So, no, he wasn't really a member. Oh, that must have been that issue that I heard about at school drop-off. Um, someone was stood down. What's your workload like? I've got a lot on at the moment. Yeah, um, same. So preference will always go to, to members. Um, and I did let Pete know that. I said that, you know, his ability to, to access us would be limited um, because he joined with the issue. Okay, good stuff. If I talk to him, I'll make sure I say the same. Thanks, Andy. Cool. Oh, it's so frustrating. I've got two members at the moment, both in relation to an annual leave matter, but how is it that one company functioning against the same policies uses it in so many different ways? Uh, yeah, well, it's pretty deliberate, that sort of thing, isn't it? You know, you don't want the information out there to uh, your workers too accessibly. Uh, otherwise, they'll start to know what their rights are and what they can and can't do about a certain situation. Do we know if this current leave policy is the um, most recent one that we've got? Uh, what I'll do is I'll get one of our health and safety reps to um, get on the system. They've got better access and they'll be able to find the most recent one for us. Brilliant. OK, thanks, Andy. OK, just sitting here waiting for the superintendent to come and escort me off-site. I uh, had some good conversations in the crib room today. I have had five minutes of downtime, so I've just punched out a poem as I look out over the stockpiles of iron ore. Can't wait to get back into town, run a few errands before I prep for tonight's members' meeting. Okay, last thing for the day, heading into Parabadu for a members meeting tonight. I'm going to keep it short and sharp. I need to try and get them to record some audio for the podcast. Uh, can't wait to finish up and call it a day. Happy days. How helpful would it be to be a man every time I needed to pee in a park up? We're in Parabadu tonight and we're rounding up our members meeting. Who are we? And do you want to join us? Yes! Yay, that was better. Can we try one more time? <laughs> We're rounding up our Parabadu members meeting tonight. Who are we? And do you want to join us? Yes! Yay! Thank you guys, I appreciate it. Okay, finishing up the Parabadu members meeting, we had a pretty good turnout. 20 members and a few non-members in attendance, which is always good to see. Hopefully they join. Uh, one of the key issues discussed was certainly around DSS, which has been rolled out um, across sites in all haul trucks. So DSS is the driver safety system, which essentially monitors fatigue in operators and um, is 
intended to be a safety tool, but the concern is that it'll, um, like IVMS, the in-vehicle monitoring system, that it will be used as a disciplinary tool more than a safety tool. Um, we haven't seen that happen yet, so we're watching that one closely. Um, some of the members talked about the horrendous uh, fuel prices and f uh, prices of regional flights coming into these towns. Obviously, that's something out of our scope, but um, yeah, good to see people get together and have passionate, robust discussions around the topics that matter uh, to us in these towns. Can't wait for the next one. That was a day in the life of Yola Backer, a union organiser with the Western Mine Workers Alliance. Now, the Western Mine Workers Alliance represents iron ore workers in the Pilbara. If you want to find out more or get involved, go to wmwa.org.au. Well, Queenslanders will go to the polls on October 31st. One former coal miner with skin in the game is Councillor Mike Brunker. The former Bowen and Whitsunday Mayor is running in the seat of Burdekin. At the 2017 election, he also ran and got the most primary votes of any candidate. In the end, he was pipped at the post by the Liberal National Party candidate on preferences. Mike Brunker was born and bred in Collinsville near Mackay. In 1988, he went to work at the local Collinsville coal mine as an apprentice diesel fitter. So born and bred in Collinsville, uh, you know, went to school, grew up in the town. Um, once we leave school, we went basically straight to the mine. So uh, we all had apprenticeships in those days. So after that, you uh, had the opportunity to work underground and open cut, which uh, uh, is you know it's a great combination to have in a mining town both both of those and of course you know you played your local football you chased your pigs out the river and you done all those things that um, you know small coal mining communities out west uh, do. As a strong union delegate and later union official, before long he realised his talents would take him in the direction of politics. Working as a diesel fitter uh, uh, in the, on the drag lines and underground and then of course uh, we had a story that um, the local council depot was going to close so being a, a member of the union I, I actually ran for council to uh, make sure we stopped that. Uh, I was successful and then my mine closed in 97 and people said to me well you know you did such a good job why don't you run for mayor so I did and 22 years later now we're still on council and I had uh, 15 years as the mayor of Bowen and the Sundays. Mike is concerned about how FIFO and casualisation have affected communities and families in the Bowen region. Well, we've had a double whammy. We've had the introduction of 12-hour shifts, which ruined a lot of communities, uh, people driving in, driving out, flying in, flying out. And then, of course, you add another whammy, which is this casualisation, which is just absolutely ridiculous, where someone in a coal mine uh, can be doing the same job on the, the same roster, uh, have 12 months in advance knowing what he's doing, uh, the same work, and then obviously getting paid less. If you're a casual employee, if you open your mouth about safety or conditions, you don't get on the bus the next day. You're told, we don't need you today, and back into town you go. And it's that blatant and it's that simple. So uh, that's why casualisation was brought in, and that's how they're using it. And he's scornful when asked whether local federal MPs George Christensen and Michelle Landry have done enough to fight casualisation. 
<laughs> You're joking. Uh, they speak with forked tongue. Usually around election time, they talk about coal and try and uh, wedge the Labor Party, but, mate, they've got no interest in workers' rights and conditions. As we see currently now with the legislation, they're not supporting that. The Prime Minister's jumped on board and supporting Workpack in, uh, you know, because the union's done a great job and they've had a win. And now the federal government's going to come in over the top and, and try and stop that because they see the ramifications. And in this particular industry, it's a hard industry, and these guys deserve equal pay for equal work. Mike is focused on getting the people of Burdekin their fair share. We need a, a strong voice in Parliament. Obviously, it's a broad church, the, the Labor Party, and we need a working-class view. We need a, a, a mining community view. Uh, I've got some of the biggest mines in the Bowen Basin uh, in this particular seat. We've got the biggest horticulture. We've got the biggest uh, agriculture in sugarcane and, of course, grazing. So uh, when you get up in Parliament, you, nearly three-quarters of the GDP of Queensland comes out of this seat. And, I mean, we need somebody who's going to go down there and make sure that we're getting our fair share and, of course, uh, have a fair say on policy as well. And he sees mining as key to pulling the Australian economy out of the COVID recession. You know, I go back to the times when, you know, people were saying that, you know, the mining industry's finished and we all got to move into tourism. Well, I tell you now, is a classic example of how good the mining industry is. The mining industry is carrying the whole nation at the moment. So all of these job payments and all of these things that can be spent around at the moment comes from the royalties in the mining industry. So, you know, to me, I'm there to protect workers, to make sure they get the best health and safety. And it's things like casualisation that we've got to stamp out and make sure that we've got the right policies to suit that. And to make sure that we, you know, we're looking after mining communities and trying to build them up rather than with the uh, advent of... Uh, drive-in, drive-out and fly-in, fly-out, where mining communities are reducing. Mike is itching to get down to Brisbane to fight for his local community. I call it like Fred Brophy's boxing tent. You can pay your money and get in the tent and shout and scream and nothing happens, or you can get inside the ring and punch on. And for me, it's about getting inside the ring and punching on and making sure that we get our fair share. Because again, uh, with the coal industry out there, we're a big driver of the state's economy and the national economy. So we've just got to make sure that we've got someone in government to say, this is what we want, this is what we need, uh, Yes, this is good. No, this is bad policy because sometimes you get that divide between the bush and the cities and we've got to make sure that the bush is looked after. Mike Brunker, he's running for the seat of Burdekin in the upcoming Queensland election. OK, well, that's almost all we've got time for this month. But just on that casual minor campaign, if you haven't emailed your MP yet, can you go to the website now? That's protectcasualminers.com.au And you can do it in less than a minute. If you have already done it, can you ask two more people to send the email? Maybe your husband or your wife or a workmate or maybe just a friend. Uh, It's easy and it does make a big difference. Well, thanks for listening. You'll hear from us next month. Bye for now.